You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Hi, I'm Rob Schneider. And I'm Kevin David Thomas. And this is our favorite things. Throwback Thursday, except it's not really a throwback Thursday today. No, it really isn't. But this is our Tony Awards one. And we have our special guest with us, Tony Award historian, Brian Hopgood. Hi, guys. Yay. All right. All right. So you've listened to our Tony shows. You know, where we stand on all the nominations and all that stuff. Now we're going to do a very fun Mm -hmm. favorite thing, which is we went through, and this is going to be categories that used to be at the Tony Awards that are not at the Tony Awards anymore, or categories that other award shows include that we feel should be included in the Tony Awards at some point. Exactly. Agreed? Agreed. 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 (laughs) So... Um, we have a couple of categories here. The first one that we want to start off with, though, is best song, much like the Grammys. Much like the Grammys doing a best song. What do you think the best song of this season was, the 2016 to 2017 season? Well, I don't want to sound like Hamilton like we did last year, but I feel like Waving Through a Window is such a good... I feel like it's the obvious choice, and I, yeah. I tried to write something else other than that. But I just keep coming back to that song. Yeah. I mean, it's a good one. I, I'm a big old nerd. So when I was given this assignment, ladies and gents, I, uh, I actually came up with five nominees for the category. And then, oh, my. Nominees. <laughs> we have nominees. I couldn't, oh, for I this like fictional you category. I, I love it. Down. So, I mean, I have Waving Through a Window as well right. from Dear Evan Hansen. I also have You Will Be Found from Dear Evan Hansen. Totally. Great. Um, I have Me in the Sky from Come From Away, Jen Colella's oh, solo nice. song. Oh, nice. I think yep. it's just beautifully written, the lyrics. Um, I have Pink from More Paint. Uh, and I have Seeing You from Groundhog Day. Those are my five of the year that I think are. That's really good. But I think Waving Through a Window is probably the best. I mean, it, <laughs> so I, will, I also could say that so many tra- tracks on that album, yeah. I feel like, are so well written, so well done. Um, I, I had to write down Journey to the Past as oh, well, well, because... Mm-hmm. I, is that cheating, though? I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't think that's in Anastasia. Okay. It's like the best song in Anastasia. I think picking is the, the problem. <laughs> I think picking a song from a revival would have been cheating. True, true. But this is new. You can this say is that. New. What about you, Mr. Schneider? Waving through a window was mine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. got to be. Because if we're right. going to go Journey uh, Journey to the Past, Once Upon a December is great, too. Well, this is but true. I love, I love both of those songs. <laughs> the songs from the movie, then, we yeah, should just exactly. say. <laughs> um, you know what songs I don't like? What songs? Rob? Anything that Ramin Kemmer... What's his name? Ramin Kemmer... Well, I have so- He's going to be the bane of my existence in terms of names this year. Because Ke- last year for me, it was... 
Evil Von Hova. Evil Von And and um oh what was the set designer's name? Yes. Uh uh Like You were doing your Swedish chef voice. It was him. It was him. Jan Gerberschfeld. Yeah, yes. That was our second guy. Just do umlauts and I'll be good. And none of those people will return my calls, and I'm going to assume uh, that's the reason why. Okay, there it is. He was li- Your I, fear of name pronouncing. My heart's broken <laughs> for you. But okay. Uh, oh, Solid. Oh, now this is an interesting category that oh. they used to give out. Like I think it only happened once, I think, and then they got rid of it. It's best author. So there'd be a best play category, right. and then there was mm-hmm. the best author category, and the year. Oh my god, I'm I'm so bad at this. I, I, I all you're I know not is actually, Rob, you're really good at this. No, Neil Simon won best author, but the Odd Couple did not win best play. I can't remember what what it lost to. So a lot of times, a, a piece will win best play, and it may not be the most well written. Yeah, play, but it was the production that wins. Is that is Appar- that why apparently that they would this, give this award? And I, think, I don't know why. It was only one season. It was one right. season that they did this. I have no idea why they did it. It's a way to reward the craftsmanship of the the writing instead of just like I think that's bizarre. What's on page? Well, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't agree with that. Though. I mean, I guess like if some it's show is flashy and amazing, and yet it's like trite, and yet it still wins the Tony Award for whatever political reason, maybe they'd still, they won an award to say, well, mm-hmm. but this play, while not popular, is so well written. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I've, I've, this has always been my number one issue with the play category at the Tonys. I've always you talked about this last year. I did year. talk about this last year. There should be a separation because, you know, when you think about things, the example I always go back to is War Horse, which is a terrible play. It's a terrible play, but it won because the production was beautiful. But the production exactly. was gorgeous, yeah. And there were other three other amazing plays that year. I don't know what else was nominated um, that year. I, I believe that was the year of Time Stands Still, and uh, oh, maybe I'm wrong. I might be confusing two years together. But either way, um, I just remember that there were three really well-written plays, and they kind of got overshadowed by the... Oh, I think... Was Peter and the Starcatcher that year? I don't it remember. It, but it was, it was... There were a bunch of other plays that I really enjoyed... Um, I didn't write them down for this, sadly, but... You know. No, 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 no. I'm actually, I'm looking it up right now on Wikipedia because everything is at our fingertips. Kevin, are you doing that too? I am. I'm God, you're so fast, Kevin. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Here we go. I can also edit this out. Or maybe I won't just to piss everyone off. <laughs> <laughs> you have oh, to okay. wait while I, I was scroll. right. I should have gone with Best my instinct. Play. So in 1965... The play, the subject was Roses. Oh, right, right, right. One best play, but Neil Simon won best author. Right. Okay. And then the year you were just talking about, Brian, which was 2011. Mm. Oh, 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 this is such a great season. Uh, War Horse won. And it was up against Good People. Good, the Good People. That's the one that MTC did that I couldn't remember. Right, okay. Uh, Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And The Motherfucker with the Hat. Yeah, and this was the year that Bengal Tiger from uh, from the zoo got left out. That's oh, right. Yeah. It was a great year for plays, and War Horse was sort of the Hamilton, if you will, where it sort of just stole the attention of everything. Yeah, just it really did. there were other deserving things as well. So, Oh, I'm looking at 2014, and there are some plays on here that got nominated that I'm like, how did that get nominated? Okay, never mind. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. No offense. Guess you won't, you'll never know. Okay, so this season, the best author. So not the best play mm-hmm. necessarily, but the best mm-hmm. author. Who wants it? Brian, you want to go sure. first? Who's the best author so, for you? Again, if I were doing my five nominees or four nominees, you know, they'd basically be the same as the nominees for best play. I'm just kind of obsessed that you actually did nominations. I know. I'm such a nerd. No, I love um, it. The only, I, if I did a fifth nominee, I, it would be the four nominees for best play, which would be Dolls House Part Two, Indecent, Oslo, and Sweat. 
if there were a fifth nominee, I'd say Heisenberg by Simon Stevens. Uh, oh, yes. yeah. I yes. love Simon Stevens. Um, I think the writing of that play was fantastic. If I were picking, and I talked about this when we did Best Play in the Tony show, where I think the best production and play as a total would be Doll's House. Uh, uh, sorry, for me, it would be Indecent. Um, I would say the best writing of a play is Doll's House Part 2. I think Lucas Nath did an amazing I job. And that's I, what I wrote. Yeah, that's my I think too, it's Lucas just so Nath. clever. Yeah. So for those of you who don't, who haven't seen it yet, Doll's House Part 2 is the sequel to A Doll's House by Henrik Ibsen. And you don't even need to really know the first play to understand what's going on in the second. It makes it a little richer for you. Mm -hmm. But this is still a brilliant play, and I think the writing is fantastic. Yeah. So good for you, Luke. What else did he do? Was he Speedo, Red Speedo? He's done mostly off-Broadway, right? Yeah. Did he do... Shoot, I'm so unprepared. You guys are so much more prepared than I am. No, I think I think he did Red Speedo. And at this point, we just stop the podcast, I, and we're going to call Lucas directly I, and say, Lucas, what have you done with your career? Sorry. No, no, no. I'm pretty sure that's No, I mean, it. sorry, Lucas. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Lucas. And, and once again, this season, another apology to Sydney Lucas, who I've used as a punchline for most of our episodes this season. But it's the gift that so keeps on it's giving. It's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> all right. So, but we're all in agreements though. Lucas, Lucas, <laughs> Kevin has 90 <laughs> papers in front of him. <laughs> so he's shuffling like I it's an emergency. I have so many notes all over me. We can edit. Don't um, worry. What's fascinating to me also is that he took this old classic and then he writes in the vernacular of today. Oh, yeah. But you still buy it. You, you buy that it is well written in its contemporary, um, vernacular but it still feels of that era in a way absolutely I, I, I absolutely just, I it was exactly really cool they say. towed that line really really well you are, sir he did do red speedo you're right he also did the christians that's the one that i couldn't ah remember. the christians so this, i mean he's brilliant this guy yeah and young so i think he's gonna have a nice long career ahead of see him. lots more yeah. i hope so um best okay kevin this is your category best music director <laughs> kevin why don't they have a Tony Award for Best Music That's a good director. question, because I think that it, it is a... It's funny that we had orchestrations for so long, and, and we talked about this last year again, <laughs> yeah. because the average Tony voter, and bless you if you're one of them, and I'm sure that you are and you know your stuff, but some of, some of them may not really know what an orchestrator does, but I think that they can feel what a music director does a little bit more than an orchestrator. I think both should be recognized. But to me, a music director, what do they do? Well, they, they make sure that the, the singers sound good. They make sure the orchestra sounds good. I'm you know using the simple as terms possible, but but anything you hear musically, that's it's they're responsible for that. There's something about hearing because they don't do sound design awards isn't either. That, isn't that wild? And but yet the music director was the year. first. But they're coming back next year. Yeah, but the music director was the first one they got rid of. You know, Don Pippen, and then someone right after him was one of the last. Oh ones yeah, in Don the Pippen, 60s. our former guest, got yeah. one. Yeah, and then for so for four to fifty years we haven't touched it. Um, I if I were to get, first of all, I'd want to give a shout out to Kristen Blodgett, who's music directing Sunset Boulevard. She's on stage. She has a full orchestra. She's killer. I. I've worked with her in a little night music. She's one of the best in the business. Um, and that, and I know Sunset really wasn't nom- it wasn't nominated for anything, but I I had a great time. I thought the orchestra sounded sublime. I could hear every single lyric. How many pieces in that orchestra? This uh, is a huge piece. It, it's a big orchestra. Yeah. I, I I think I I can't remember, but I know it's in the high twenties. Oh my god! Um, yeah. But it, it, and it's and they're all there on stage. And she's when you're on stage conducting, it's different than I think being in the pit because you are a presence on stage. And she is. I think she's a, a, a lovely presence in there. I also think we should give a shout out to. Um, uh, Rip Hip Flores, who did In Transit, because acapella singing is not the easiest. Uh, I did a, I did a musical of the people who wrote In Transit, like 
15 years ago. Um, and it's not easy doing mm. acapella and balancing it yeah. and making it sound good. And it did sound good when I saw it. And so uh, I, I had him on there as well. I had him on mine. And I also had I have that in another category coming up, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do yeah. Agree, I agree that it's so under, totally. underrated. It, it's hard to really say, like, well, it's really cool that they did that. But actually, it, it is. I mm. mean, there was no orchestra. <laughs> the singers were the orchestra. So I think I want to change my answer. Oh, no, no. You hold fast. Drop no, because I forgot about in transit. Oh well, so did the Tony voters. So did the Tony voters. <laughs> I f- I'm sorry, I forgot all about it because that's absolutely right. It, he sh- it, he should get it. He, he it's big. I mean that's that, that's hard to do. Yeah, yeah. He was my honorable mention. I I had I had oh. five nominees. Uh, I had Ben Cohn for Dear Evan Hansen, Andy Einhorn for Hello Dolly, Ian Eisendrath for Come From Away, David Holsenberg for Groundhog Day, and mm-hmm. or Matthias, Matthias, I don't know how to pronounce his name, for Great Comet. Mm-hmm. For, oh, yeah. for me, though, when you're, when you're talking about musical direction and, and conducting, it's so much more than just, you know, as you were saying within transit, you know, there's a lot of underrated stuff that goes into it. And for me, I think um, Come From Away is music direction. is just, when you've got you know, that group of people, a fairly large group of people, and everything really is an ensemble number and blends so well and everyone is so consistently together. I think that's an underrated uh, skill. So I'd give it to him for, for Come From Away. Okay. What'd you right. have, Rob? I, I was going with Andy Einhorn for Hello, Dolly, because uh, to me it sounded so gorgeous. It yeah. does. But I forgot about In Transit, and they totally deserve it, so my apologies to the In Although I do folks. love the, the the voices. I mean, the vocal, well, it's Don Pippen's vocal arrangements for Hello, Dolly, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> when do you hear sopranos and tenors singing that high on Broadway anymore? No. You don't. <laughs> no, you really don't. So, mazel tov. Yeah. Um, okay. So then, oh, here we go. One of my, one of my favorite categories. Well, actually, you know what? We're going to go, let's keep going with sound. Let's yeah. keep, let's keep going. That the fact that Tony voters can't understand what they're hearing, because I, I like that. I like I like this uh, idea, which boggles my mind. Right, in 2014 was the last we ha- last time we had sound d- designed for. A and play. they took it away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for some reason. Why would you musical. take it away? Why, whose idea was it? We're, we're going like, to take it away. Was it they, like we need more time to show the Norwegian Cruise Line hairspray dancing? So we're going to get rid of a category, guys? I remember what they said at the time. Sorry, do you know what I mean? No, yeah, I, no, no right. offense to Norwegian Cruise Lines. You're totally no, right. They, I've worked for them. They're, or, they're or very hairspray. nice. Thank yeah. you. The, um, I remember them, because they only added that category in like 2007 or 2008, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then they took it away because they were like, well, you know, it pre- pretty much every year has just gone to the show that's one best musical because... Nobody like knows by default. By default, because nobody knows what makes good sound, and so I think they tried to take it away because they just felt like it wasn't a, a fair award. What they're doing now, which is exciting, they're bringing it back, and only a select group of the Tony voters who have experience in sound are the ones voting on that award. Oh. It's not everybody, they're, and they're going to be doing the same thing with a few of the categories. Actually, I didn't know that. Starting next wow. year, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, it's really exciting. I think it's you, finally did, going the right direction. I'm so sorry. Did you say in the nominating process, or did you say in the actual in voting? The voting for the award? So not. I don't know if the nominations will be affected so much, but from the nominees, the Tony voters, only a certain group of them will be voting for that award. Boy, they should do that for everything. Right? (laughs) I agree. That's a smart way of doing it. Okay. So best sound design of a play. Best sound design of a play. 
I mean, this is maybe the easiest one to me. Go, what is it? The encounter. I mean, I didn't know if that counted because they get a special award already. Well, that's Tony. true. I guess they did give them but a special yes, award. Yes, I agree with you. But like, totally, it's okay. They had to. They had yeah. to do something to recognize it. Right. It's. I mean, yeah. that was such a mind blowing experience. So, for our listeners who did not see the encounter, what was the encounter? Oh goodness! It's a, it was a one man show. Uh, Simon Simon McBurney wrote, directed, starred in it. Um, and it's him kind of recounting a story as this character, because it's not actually him, uh, but the whole audience is wearing headphones. And he does this, just, it's basically magic, where all of the things that you're seeing on stage, they're kind of piping into your ears, but in different ways. And so your left ear is doing different things from your right he ear. He has like a stereosonic microphone yeah. that if he speaks into the right side of the microphone, mm. it'll be in your right ear and, you know, send yeah. your left. But then they'll trick you and yep. they'll think you'll see him mouthing stuff. And then all of a sudden he walks away and it was a recorded, it was yeah. pre-recorded and they'll do mind tricks with you. I can't say anything that will do it justice because there's, you can't believe what You can do. actually go on YouTube uh, and they recorded it in London and they recorded the experience. Ooh. So they, you can actually plug in, if you have some fancy headphones, you type in the encounter, uh, I think it was the National Theater, and then you can type it in and you go to that YouTube channel and it's it's not like a bootleg, I mean, it's real. And you have your fancy headphones, you can watch the, you can experience it with at least with the audio uh, Amazing. Oh, and I highly recommend doing that. Um, it's a, I agree with you. I yeah. thought that was just oh. a stunning piece. Of, yeah, of that was on my list as well, the encounter. So congrats to the encounter on your imaginary sound design Tony <laughs> Award. That's wonderful. Um, sound design for a musical, La Musica. Um, did you do nominations, Brian? I did. Yeah. I did. <laughs> I mean, I, um, I uh, for this, my nominees were Simon Baker for Groundhog Day, Gareth Owen for Come From Away, Nevin Steinberg for Dear Evan Hansen, and Ken Travis for In Transit. I and, definitely I'd in transit. That's, and that's this why. is where I was going to say yep. I actually would give it to in transit because Same. I think mm. filling a space. It's one thing about conducting in music direction, which we talked about before. But when you're talking about sound design, filling a space without instruments, you know, it could border on awkward. You know, if it's not done correct, if it's not mixed correctly, yep. it can feel very dead. And, you know, you have to mic them very evenly. You have to make mm. sure that everything sounds very, you know, uh, evenly spread. I I thought the sound design for that was really impressive considering that they were acapella and in the round, by the way. So it's like, yeah. you know, oh, it's, yeah. there's a whole whole bunch of stuff going on there. I, I was impressed with And there's with sound that. effects. I have to say, I usually, we like to keep things very positive. I saw Groundhog Day. I, I have to say I was so disappointed with what I heard. I was in the mezzanine. Oh, interesting. I was in row H. It was a very good seat. And we I couldn't hear a lyric. I couldn't hear a lyric. Couldn't hear the orchestra. Couldn't hear the... I thought I just... I was so disappointed by it. Now, that could just be mixing. That could mm -hmm. be whatever. But I, I was like, you, you pay a lot of money to go see a Broadway show. I need to hear every lyric. Yeah. I need to hear... I need to hear the layers. I know that it's a loud show, but I was so bummed. It's so I interesting. I was in a very similar seat. So you've got one seat. job to do. Let me hear understand the words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I would agree with you. I, I was in a very similar seat. I was in uh, second yeah. row mez, okay. and I, I had no problem at all. But I've heard from all of my friends who've seen the show that it's it's very hit or miss. I think everyone oh, knows that it's consistent. And, and I sound have to be there is a good something night, that is probably one of the most difficult elements yeah. when you're doing a Broadway show. Any show I've ever done anywhere, yeah. it's always the hardest part to nail that, especially in a musical. Mm -hmm. So like, I totally am like, 
tip of the hat to, <laughs> but I was very disappointed. Well, you were you were in a musical that had some of the best sound design mm-hmm. of the last decade. I thought really night music. I oh, thought yeah. the sound design for that show was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. Was it good? It was. A, I remember again always it being a struggle though, and oh. always who's mixing and like yeah, yeah, yeah. it was uh, constantly. So it's I, I know that that is a very hard element for shows, but totally. But yeah, so I, I I'm with you on in transit. Do you have an opinion on? Uh, no, I was gonna say I I totally forgot about in transit this year. I really did, and I'm and I'm so sorry about that because I really liked everybody that was involved. The on cast it. album's on Spotify. So oh, is it really? <laughs> oh yeah, you and your Spotify. Yeah, you yes. know me and my Spotify. I discovered Sp- no, Spotify I'd, this year, and I'm obsessed. <laughs> Everything's on there. Amazing. I had, what I had put down was Natasha Pierre. I was just so well, I was impressed. That, totally. I, See, it's funny because that for me was your Groundhog Day. And yeah. I left it off my list because oh, I thought you the sound. Hear I, oh, funny. Not, and I had seen the show off Broadway. And you still? Oh, and I wow. Thought the sound design was better off Broadway. Oh mm-hmm. wow, we saw it and we were mm-hmm. okay, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, I'm sorry, in transit, but yeah, I'll switch my vote. <laughs> <laughs> I'll switch my vote. I'll switch my vote. Ah, Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Now, you know what? One of our former guests, Jen Tepper, just wrote an article about uh, how there should be an award for best ensemble. I agree. Yeah, yes. Yes. Absolutely. I think the SAG Awards does that. They give it. Yes. Is that right? They give yeah. an ensemble yeah. award. And Orange is the New Black seems to win every year because they are like the best <laughs> ensemble ever uh, for a television show. Um, so this year, best ensemble of a play or play or and best ensemble of a musical. Two separate categories. Two separate categories. Oh, all right. All right. All right. All right. I'm going to throw mine out. Do for it. Best play. Ensemble. Indecent. D- uh, done. It's it, on, hands yeah. down. Yeah. I, I mean, I have a list. Again, Give me your list. I have my, my nominees. I mean, I was I was giving winners before I even heard the nominees. Indecent would be my vote, probably. Well, God, it's so hard because Jitney, same same story. That mm. that entire cast was phenomenal. Um, <laughs> so Indecent, Jitney, Oslo, uh, Sweat, and Six Degrees of Separation. Because I think that those oh, kids yeah. in Six Degrees of Separation, oh, they were brilliant. Deserve some kind of recognition. Yeah, those they kids are were... hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah, I those would be my nominee. But Indecent is just fantastic. I was rocked by Indecent. Yeah. And the ensemble yeah. work in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They all so so impressive. Yeah, they were pretty amazing. Pretty, pretty amazing. Okay, so uh it sounds like it but what are you what were you gonna pick though, Brian? Jitney? No, I'd vote for Indecent. Oh, Indecent? I okay. would pick Indecent, but Jitney is a close second okay. for me. Yeah. Then for a musical, best ensemble of a musical. <laughs> what's this? Was what? well, I come from away. I mean, what they did, that ensemble. Are you kidding? Like, I was like, what? That is insane. They played eight different characters. You got to know every single one of those people on stage. Well, you're going to, what do you, you no, I'm I listening. see the Rob I'm Schneider listening. look. I'm though. listening. What's yours? I'm listening. No, no, no. I th- Come from away too, Brian? 
No, actually. Um, I mean, I love Come From Away, and you'll, we'll talk about this more, but it's on my list of nominees, along with um, some weird ones. Uh, Bring it. W- weird Amelie? No, God, no. Uh, <laughs> sorry, maybe, maybe a little strong. Uh, no, um, Cats... <laughs> Only because, well, I mean, it's, come on, the show. Brian, is just, the show is so bad, but they work so hard. You the watch man them, be happy. You know, I mean, I hated cats. Don't get me wrong, but you watch those people, and you're like, geez, these these dancers work their butts mm-hmm. off, you know, and you know that they know they're they're in cats, and they're like, I'm still gonna give it my everything. So I I appreciate that, and as a dancer, True. I appreciate that, you know. Yes. Um, similarly, Cirque du Soleil Paramore. Because the that's true, the acrobatics and all that—it's I mean, really impressive what they do. I agree. Is it a good show? No. Um, come from away, falsettos. Oh yeah. Uh, and Holiday Inn. Oh nice. I thought I thought that all of those, and I guess most of these are, with the exception of falsettos, are kind of dance heavy shows. But that's that's um, my thing. I would actually give it to falsettos, um, just because I think. Yeah, you can single out individual performers, but I think falsettos only really works when everybody gels. Yeah, yeah. and they gelled so incredibly well. I thought, um, yeah. so that's where I'd, I'd give that's it. That's great. I hear that. Yeah, great. <laughs> Groundhog Day. Really? Yeah, because I think the fact that those people are running around like crazy—you <laughs> are right—they run around constantly and, and are moving the sets. Mm-hmm. And are constant. They're in constant motion. I love Come From Away. Like I'm obsessed with Come From. Like an unhealthy obsession with Come From Away. Mm-hmm. Like Sue Frost, who we interviewed. Yeah. Every time I see her on the street, I literally just stop her and like talk to her for 20 minutes about how good this show is. That, and she's Rob. so polite because she's like, "Thank you, okay, Rob." Okay. All right. And I know she has the restraining order out now, but that's not going <laughs> to stop me. I'll just keep sending flowers. Um, but the Groundhog Day Ensemble, there's something they're doing everything. Yeah, you're right. They are doing absolutely yeah. everything. And you know what? I'll, I, I didn't think about that, but I will add the fact that they do and the same thing over and over and over and over again, but with slight variations. Yep. And don't forget which round they're on and like do the. I mean, that's got to be tricky. No, I think. Uh, can you imagine being a swing in that show? Oof. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to do one more shout out to them because I think this is really cool. It was so nice to see an ensemble that didn't look like they had all come from Planet Fitness and jumped on the yeah. stage. I agree with you there, yep. definitely. Yep. Sorry. I, they, they looked they looked. I thought that shapes, about a, a lot of ensembles sizes, this season, too. colors, f- fabulous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and applauding to that casting director as well. I don't know who cast Groundhog Day. There should also be a ca- best casting. There, there should be there a There be- was, wasn't there at some point? I think there was. No, casting directors get so fucked because they don't get it at the Oscars and they don't get it at the Tonys. Oh. They get it at the Emmys. Yeah, I think they're they- the gatekeeper. I mean, really, they're the reason what they mean. Oh, yeah. And they don't get anything. Now they're trying to unionize, so God bless them. Um, but mine was Groundhog Day. Nice. And you guys were? Uh, I'm going to stick with Come From Away. You're sticking with Come From Away. And Falsettos. And Falsettos. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Diversity amongst us. <laughs> Not necessarily all of Broadway, but at least us. Um, ooh, <laughs> here's a fun one. Best stage technician, <laughs> which which was I have some thoughts about this. In a, a Tony Award up we, until 1963. Yeah, remember we, uh, we, we were talking about what was about his name from? Um, I don't even remember the. Gosh, we've done, recorded so many of these. I don't remember who it was. There was a guy who it was like Manny Mr. something. It was like Mr. President. Yeah, like, and we thought he was still alive, but he would have right. been 140. <laughs> we really did go down <laughs> that rabbit hole. We were going to try to get him for the show, and then realized he had been like, dead. Wait a minute, yeah. So we're going to get a medium to come in he with a Ouija board. It's fine. I bet. 
she's one of those guys who'll come back from the dead. I'll fix it. Um, so the Best Stage Technician Award used to be given out, and it was for a great crew member. So, for example, on the show Mr. President, there was um, a, some amazing props, and I think right. there was like some puppets or stuff, and that, got, that guy got a Tony Award right. for that. So we're recognizing a crew member for their amazing contribution to this season. Who wants to go first? I think you should go first, Rob. Mine. Hold on. I got to get my list here. Okay. It's the, <laughs> it's the crew at Groundhog Day. Okay. Who were able to... I'll tell you why. I am really applaud them. The, I don't know if you guys remember, but they were, they were doing a, a preview, and the set broke, and the actors had to come out and sit on chairs and do the rest of the show. Um, there the was the second act just sitting on chairs. Right. Wow. Which is really magical. But the next day I was at the Cosmic Diner and all the crew guys were there and they were talking about what happened and how they were going to fix it and why it was never going to happen again. Oh. And I was like, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But they were talking about, they're like, yes, it was magical, but we don't want that happening again. And but I was like, good for you yeah. guys. Yeah. Good for you. And I love, I love crew guys. I love New York City crew guys or, and women too because they're union and they all look like they'll kill you. But one time I was at Lincoln Center and there were these two big fat crew guys yelling and screaming at each other. And I'm like, oh my God, what are they yelling about? And this guy goes, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. She was the best Tosca I ever saw. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think I was like, fuck you. You don't know. Oh my God. And I was like, yes, <laughs> New York crew. Tosca. New York crew. <laughs> oh, good. So anyway, Amazing. it's the crew over at Groundhog's Day who were kind enough to go and save that show and work really hard to make it I, work. I'm right with there with you. I even wrote down the stage management. I don't know if stage management, it doesn't really count as crew. They're part of the uh, Actors' Equity Union. But then they, they really don't have any place to be recognized mm-hmm. i thought that the the calling of that show the way there's so many sequences there's so much going on there are all the turntables to i just feel like to call that show is insane and i oh, think yeah. that I, I i recognize all of that so so I, our stage manager over at groundhog I'm, yeah, day yeah. I'm throwing that. and what about you brian i had two i i said this last year too but i well one of these is actually earned uh <laughs> And the other one is the other one. A lot of times my best stage technician is like the person I feel the worst for, you know? Um, and the, so the deserved one for me was indecent. I think just because for people who haven't seen the show, all of the props are visible. All of the costumes are visible. They're in the wings, but they're, they're not blocked off from the audience. And I just feel like keeping track of all of those things and making sure everything's where it needs to be. I just, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm, maybe that's just their job description, but I, I don't know. I feel We're actually like very good friends with the stage manager. We went to see Indecent this week, my mm-hmm. wife and I, and her name is Amanda Spooner, and we went and saw her, and, and they've been doing, it is a lot, because yeah. we asked her that same question, and it, it, it is really intense, but they've been doing it since, like, she's been with the show since it was at Yale. I think it was up at Yale Rep 2015, but it's they've mm-hmm. been kind of doing the same thing for so long that, that it's like a routine, but I was, I was like, how in the world do they track all this? She's yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a lot. And then the one that I picked because it's someone I felt bad for is the whoever the crew is at the play that goes wrong just oh, because right? oh yeah in addition to the plague going wrong uh what a mess that stage is by the end of the show with the collapsed set and totally it is a mess it is a mess and they have to clean it up clean up this mess that's we we talked about this last time the, the stage manager for the goat yep. years ago uh, still where they destroyed the whole yep. set last year I think I gave mine to the person who was the prompter Yes, we had did. so many prompts. For Bruce last Willis year. for Al Pacino. I, yes. oh my God. I re-listened right. to the podcast recently. I just, I just and I, that is correct. That was it. Oh. <laughs> 
And our last category, last but certainly not least, I believe, am I right? Last but not least, is our newcomers. Yes. So this this award was given out early on. Now it seems like Theater World Awards. Only once it was given, 1948. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was it. I can't remember who won it and, and who lost it, but um, it was it was somebody wonderful, I'm sure. It was so right. It was one person who was like famous, and one person you were like, oh, I don't know who the it hell they are. It was James Whitmore and oh, yeah. June Lockhart. Well, Bye, never mind. Everybody. I'm done. I think it was 1948. Mike yeah, dropped. It was 1948. Mike yeah. dropped. This is why he's the Tony historian, guys. And I'm he. sitting and I'm sitting here looking at my <laughs> sheet, going, "Who's Isabel Stevenson? What did I write down?" Um, <laughs> okay, so. Best newcomer this year. Let's start with our ladies first. Best newcomer for our ladies. So I got- you're gonna hate me because I I there were so many ladies that I split them into two categories and play oh in musical. God. Oh, you're so smart. And, I didn't even do and, that. And I had five nominees for each. There's so many new women on Broadway this season who are all fantastic yeah. that I want to give them all a little bit of a shout out. So really, I'll run through them super quickly. Um, for newcomer in a musical, I have Christy Altamare for Anastasia, Barrett Doss for Groundhog Day, Beanie Feldstein for Hello, Dolly. As Minnie Faye, she's hilarious. Uh, Rochelle Ann Goh for Miss Saigon and Ava Noblethada for Miss Saigon. Okay. So I, had, I had Ava. That's, yeah. my, that's, oh, that's my who you had? Yeah, for Miss Saigon. I had Christy Altamare. Yeah. From Anastasia, who I think was robbed of a Tony Award, and we'll talk about that award on nomination. Episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Oh, sure. nomination. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was like, reward Rob. I, no, I know. I know. I, I, I have thoughts about this category because I heard you on a. a if that show was. I think, she sh- I think she should have been nominated. Mm. And maybe she should have won. Listen to the previous podcast to uh, get Rob's tea mm. on. On did I say the same thing on the previous podcast? I'm sure you did. I I really liked her. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. No, she's great. I love you. She's great. She's great. I'm sorry. I'm not. No, we're going to talk about this on another episode. I'm not going to get into it now. I want her to get a newcomer award, if nothing else. <laughs> Can I just take her to a drink to say I think you're really good? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. bet you're good. You Although I don't like the production photo they use of her all the time. It looks like she's wearing a bathrobe. I agree. Yeah, and the wig is terrible. Yeah. But. Although my God, when she does that transformation, mm-hmm. whew, God, she's so stunning. But it literally looks like she's in a bathrobe. I'm like, why is Anastasia in a bathrobe? Cover the dress. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Got it. She's a quick, quick change. change. She's mine. <laughs> I really like her. I have nothing else to she's say. Great. I need yeah, to go yeah. lay down for a bit. Um. And since, well, both of yours were in musicals, uh, I guess I'll read my five nominees for Newcomer to Play. Please. Which are Francesca Carpanini for The Little Foxes, Tedra Milan for Present Laughter, mm. Brigitte Hjort Sorensen for um, uh, Lilia Zahn Dangereuse. She was in Madame Torbell. There's another show I forgot was around um, this season. Yeah. Adina Verson for Indecent. She's the, she plays multiple characters, including she's the, the playwright's wife. Yeah, I really, oh, she's lovely. She's so great. Yeah. I would have put Katrina Lank on here if she were a newcomer, but she, she's yeah, not. No, she's incredible. She's I'm so excited for the band visit next season to come to Same. Broadway because she's going to win a Tony. She's incredible. Um, and then Michelle Wilson for Sweat, who is nominated for a Tony. Yeah. But I think she's, newcomer. she's really great. Okay. So, sorry. So many nominees. Awesome. No, I love <laughs> This is just a great season. Okay. So, those, those, were the, those were your plays, right? Okay. So, now our yep. gentleman, best newcomer gentleman. I got mine. What do you got, Kevin? I mean, it seems obvious, but isn't Ben Platt a newcomer? No, he was in Book of Mormon. Um... But pretty star making. Yeah, no, for sure. Star making. This is what the question I always have with this category, though, is like, is it star making performance? Is it first lead? Is it first originating of a role? Like, what do you consider? I just did Broadway debuts, basically. Yeah, okay. 
That's true. I would say Broadway debut. You're in a right. Major it has role. to be a debut. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was yeah. Elder Cunningham, so he's he's, he's already been okay. He's fine. Yeah. He's okay. So, all right, but but Ben Platt. I mean, it's I mean, a pretty. For sure, though. He's so talented. Not. <laughs> it's a bra- it's the best breakout performance. Oh, for sure. Yeah. If that were the category, for sure. What's yours? Uh, Ryan Vanna from Paramore. Who? Yeah, who played the young yeah. guy in Paramore? Okay. That voice, his singing, because I think his voice is incredible. I think he's a really lovely actor. I agree with you. Yeah, Actually, I really like. Totally him. forgot about him. Okay. Yeah, right. was, he was mine. I my five nominees were. Um, this was a mix of plays and musicals because for me there weren't enough men to fill out two categories. Um, Carlo Alban from Sweat, who plays the young Latino boy who oh, is yeah. the yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of catalyst for yeah. everything. I think I was actually a little surprised he didn't get a Tony nomination. Um, Matt Bittner for Present Laughter, who plays um, the like the butler. The, oh, the butler, the, like, yeah. The assistant. He's hilarious. John John Briones for Miss Saigon. Right. Um, Josh Groban for Great Comet. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Simon, Simon McBurney for The Encounter. Oh, yeah. Which is that, funny because he's directed on Broadway before, uh, but he's never performed. Right. He That's directed really cool. That awful, awful revival of All My Sons in 2008 with Katie Holmes. Oh, he directed that. He did. That was him? <laughs> that was him. With the screen Patrick door? Wilson. Mm, yeah. Why didn't the they give me headphones for that one? And oh. Diane <laughs> Or earplugs. Because his heart... <laughs> Listen to a Diane good production Weist of it. And John, and John yeah. Lithgow. It was a great cast, but it was not great. But they're the only ones you could actually understand because they mm-hmm. were they've been trained on stage. Sorry, well, I was literally having a flashback thinking about that production. <laughs> I remember I remember seeing it because Sondheim was in the audience when I saw it, and it's always epic when Sondheim's anywhere yeah. in, in the room. <laughs> it's always epic when you have someone of that stature in the room because you kind of want to watch them watch the show right? and yeah. see like, what their reaction is. Yeah. Totally. Jeez Louise, yeah. that was a show. Okay, so <laughs> these were our favorite things, categories not included in the Tony Awards ceremony that should be included in the Tony Awards ceremony, and we're happy to say that they've listened to us from last year, and sound design is coming in this year. So thank you so much for listening to us, Tony Awards committee. <laughs> We are the experts. We worked really thank hard you. at this, and thank you, guys, you for listening you to our episode. We did it. <laughs> You're welcome. What do you want to tackle next, Kevin? World hunger? Yeah, let's do that. No. Or, or just Trump. Let's, do let's just do Trump. ensemble. <laughs> <laughs> we literally could solve it's world terrible. hunger, but we really want that Groundhog Day no, ensemble to get a Tony Award. Show tunes for an hour. Fine with me. All right, till next time. <laughs> Swallow, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin literally has a huge thing of popcorn. And I was like, boar. I'm eating popcorn. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now 
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Gapone. This is Lynn manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.